Hey, yo, what's going down? This is your boy, Stevie J. You want another message of hope brought to you by the Recovery Pod. So if you're listening in, if you're listening to the other podcasts, follow us on Instagram at the Recovery Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook at the Recovery Podcast. And we got a Facebook group for all our friends to join. You know, just search the Recovery Pod. You'll find it. Ask to join the group. We'll let you in. No problem. You know what I'm saying? And it's a place you can connect with other people who are on the path to recovery, wherever they're at, you know, and we try to do our best to share little bits of hope, memes, you know, little aspirations for the day. You can share it from whatever recovery pathway you follow, you know, just whatever, man, bring your recovery to us and hopefully pick something up. With that being said, you know, I'm kind of thinking of, you know, first I want to ask a question and you can answer this somewhere. Um, what would you need? What what is it that you needed when you were in your deepest, darkest part of your addiction? You know, because as a father of two teenagers, you know, I struggle with this sometimes. You know, they're they're coming to age. They're starting to experiment with the world. They think they know there's something about the world, right? Like I did when I was 14, um, 15, 16. And I, I struggle with knowing where I was at that time. And the types of stuff I was exposed to, the type of thinking I had, the type of influence that things had on me. Plus, you know, I have the experience of growing past that and seeing just how wrong that was. But I have to think back and remember how real it felt at the time, you know, how that was my best thinking at that time while I'm experimenting, while I'm discovering. You know, so where it's hard for me is... And I'm sure some of you can relate, and it, and this doesn't even just have to apply to kids. It could apply to partners, family members, friends, whatever. How do we keep people in our lives? How do we continue to be in someone's life and give them support and love and encouragement while also not forcing ourselves to be exposed to their disease? You know, like, how do I, how do I be firm and have you know, rules and regulations and consequences while still continuing to unconditionally love and accept them to the best of my ability. How do I accept them and love them, but not accept their disease and the behavior that comes along with it? And I'm not saying neither of my kids have it, but let's just say for the sake of conversation, one of them does and another one's showing signs. Okay. (laughs) Um, because I find myself thinking about, like, what will I do if and when, you know, what what will the consequence be? When will I draw the line and say, look, if this is the life you want, then you have to live that life somewhere else. Because then that also feels like rejection and giving up on them and being like, oh, well, it's conditional. And, and this is where I want to have this conversation where you can have consequences and boundaries and standards and and you can have a line that you draw where you say, I will not accept this behavior in my house. I will not accept this type of behavior around me. I will not associate with active users regardless of who they are, but I still love you. I still want what's best for you. I'm still here for you if you need me. I'm still... You know, I I heard someone say, it might have been Anna, was like, my mom would give me a warm plate. She would, you know, give me a change of clothes. She would let me sleep for the night. And then I had to go figure it out. 
until I was serious because what I would do is come back and, and maybe that wasn't her, but, but you get the idea where it's like, you know, even an active addict needs love and support. And, and that's a hard thing to offer if you're in the type of situation where that active addict is doing what addicts do and, you know, lying, manipulating, could be stealing, it could be just taking advantage. There's only so much a person can endure until they, until they say enough is enough. Like, I, I can't keep doing this to myself. I'm experiencing your insanity by, by being involved with you. But what happens sometimes is people are like, that's it. Let me just list all the things you've done. So you drill it into your head and you understand what you're doing and you feel like a piece of shit. Trust me, they get it. They get it. Even narcissists who sit there and act like they are the God's gift to the world, they do get it on some level. It's just their level of denial is so much stronger because that's what they need to survive feeling like such a piece of shit. And it's the same thing for addicts. And I use the term addict, you know, in my profession, I'm encouraged to say people with a substance use disorder, and that's what they are, you know, but I'm also a member of NA, so I say addict, I'm sorry if I offend anybody. So people like who have a condition of a substance use disorder, their symptoms show up in the form of drug use. Their drug use symptom is then supported by behaviors that protect the ability to use. Like denial, to stop feeling more shame and pain so they can feel halfway decent about the decisions they feel they have to make because of their disease. You know, we can get into all the whole disease choice shit later, but it's kind of like diabetes. Fuck it, let's do it now. It's kind of like diabetes. You know, you do make a choice to initially start eating unhealthy ways like sugar and, you know, whatever it is that causes diabetes. But then once the disease is then activated and it becomes acute, you know, now you have an active disorder that you need to properly maintain or feel side effects and symptoms from. Same thing with drugs. You know, some people are predispositioned to drug use, to addiction. They may, it's not, that doesn't mean they're going to grow up and shoot heroin. That just means they have a lower threshold of experiment phase before that active addiction, that disease clicks and becomes acute and becomes active. You know, boom, like they are predispositioned for addiction like someone is predispositioned for diabetes. A predispositioned diabetic could probably eat five chocolate cakes and and activate their diabetes, whereas somebody without that predisposition may just eat like shit their whole life and never get diabetes. You know, that's how addiction works. So anyway, I don't even know if I could get back to where I was because I am rolling, okay? But like, so if we look at it through that lens, okay, I have a person in my life who is an active uh, user due to their substance use disorder, okay? And I don't like the extreme thinking that can happen here where when one side, like this newer age, hey, it's a disorder, hey, that's not, it's not their fault in a way, this is what they do, they need love, support, and encouragement, it can almost come off as just deal with it. They can't help it. Okay, but here's the thing, they can. There are tools out there to help it. 
it's not as simple as just saying, hey, here's the thing, do the thing. And then they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll just do the thing. And then, boom, magic fix. It don't work like that. And just in the same context, if I had a person in my life who was a diabetic and they just kept, not just by choice, but by compulsion, by lack of coping mechanisms, by whatever, by habit, by addiction to food, they continued to do things that resulted in me having to take them back to the hospital and here we go again and I got to go back to the doctor's office so they can give you more. Or if I had to supply their insulin and they needed extra because they just couldn't put the chocolate cake down, that, there would become a time where I'm like, dude, I, I, I can't. I can't keep enabling you to behave in these ways. Now it is on. You have a problem. You have a disease that you need to maintain. And that's where it comes down to addiction. We have a disease we need to maintain. We need to take medicine for. We need to have, you know, things structured and our life needs to change. We need to change our habits. For us, we have to go further and change our thinking. We have to change the friends we hang around with. We have to change the type of environments we dwell in. There's so many things. And because addiction is like a a disease of the mind and the spirit, we have to do other things on top of reducing exposure to drugs, which is the symptom. We have to go deeper. We have to look at trauma. We have to look at fulfillment. We have to look at purpose. We have to also look at friends, family, people, places, and things you know, the type of stuff we listen to, the type of mindset we have on what is and what is not a drug. There ain't no fucking question. I'm so tired of hearing all these debates that like marijuana is not a drug and blah, I can quit meth and drink alcohol. Like, okay, but you're still keeping your disease alive. That's like saying, oh, I can stop eating chocolate cakes and just eat Twinkies. Sure. Are you going to go into diabetic shock as fast? No. But which side of the line are you walking down? Are you walking on the side of healing? Or are you walking on the side of just not doing bad enough? I'm doing as much bad as I can. You're still toying with the same monster. You know, the meth monster might be a lot bigger than the smoking a joint every now and then monster. But you're still feeding the monster. And it may take 10 years to get big and become unmanageable. As the meth one may only take 10 days or 10 weeks, you know, or it may not ever get as big as the meth monster. The weed monster might never be as big as the meth monster. So you justify it by saying, oh, I know the monster. I know how big and scary the monster is. This little thing, he ain't nothing, but he's still not helping you. It's still just keeping you kind of weighed down. I'm not drowning. But it's, it's tugging me a little bit. But I can still float. I can still swim. But you ain't flying. That's my point. And you might not want to fly. You might want to stay in the water and just not drown. And that is your choice. I wasn't happy with that. It did take me some time to realize that, though. So I get it. You know, but these kids, man, they, they, they feel like, you know, they're experimenting with the world. And, and drugs are all fun and games at first. Until you start ignoring all your problems because drugs are the answer. Because when you get high, you don't give a shit about anything, right? So 
it starts pulling you down just a little bit, but you're not drowning yet. Or if you are drowning, you're not blaming the weed because the weed gives you a little bit of relief. It makes you feel like you're not drowning when you're drowning. Oh, little metaphor. It's kind of like you're drowning, but the weed cloud gives you an air bubble underneath the sea. So you're like, hey, I can breathe. I'm not struggling. This is fine. Even though you're sinking lower and lower because your problems are all still there. Then when the high goes away, your air bubble goes away and you're like, oh shit, I'm totally distressed and I'm drowning and oh my God, life sucks. But you're not blaming the weed because the weed's your relief. When you're high, you you can breathe. You don't care, right? But you're not seeing that also while you've got that little weed bubble oxygen tank that you're still drowning and you're not trying to address the things that are pulling you down in life and you're not trying to go up perfect metaphor. I wish I wish I could like digitally design little cartoons like they see on TikTok and shit and just do this like a little thing. I would take me a year and I'm, I don't have the time or patience. But yo, so back to my original point. How do we love someone who is trying to start dabbling with this beast knowing they got a predisposition? How do we, you know, especially those who are kids and they're too young to make these decisions. They think they know something about the world, but they're too young. They are just now starting to get an idea of who they want to be. And they don't even know yet. And they're not even going to know until way later. And I get the whole trying things out. And, and I, I fully understand that, you know, somebody else cannot take my experience and, and run with it. Like, like I had to do, I had to figure it out for myself. Most people do. Even some of my best friends, they had to figure it out their own way, and they still are. Some of them figure out, some of them don't. I mean, that's just what it is. But when it's someone close to us, we have an added stake in the game. You know, I'm like, ah, but I really, really, really want this one to get it. And unfortunately, that changes the energy of our conversations and our advice giving and our input and the way we show acceptance and unconditional love because I really don't like that you're doing this. I really want something different for you. And trust me, that message is delivered. Like I, I try, even with my counseling training and, and knowing all these things, when I have a conversation, it's like I cannot help but really try to seal the deal. Like I just talk in a way where I'm like, I need you to get it this time and I'm pushy. And I'm, you know, could be invalidating. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm focused on an outcome. So it comes out really not so great. Now, sometimes I've had a, a few very blunt, stern, just I'm going to shoot you straight and it worked for me. And what that does is justify my use to do it again, to try to control, to try to manipulate. It's manipulation. It is. It could be good manipulation. It's still manipulation. You know, if I try to steer my kids away from harm, it's still manipulation on some level. And where I also struggle is it doesn't feel good for me to manipulate today. It doesn't. It makes, I, I understand the insanity that I'm adopting when I try to control another person, even if it is my own child. That's a mind fog. So what I'm, the whole point of why I started rambling about this is because like, how do we 
you know, keep our serenity by not controlling others and accepting and letting go, right? But also, like, honor our responsibility as a parent, as a friend, as a family member to, to be there and not give up, you know, keep trying, keep saying what's hard to say, keep trying to point them towards the truth point them towards themselves, point them away from even potential danger. You know, and and still draw the line where we have to for ourselves. How do we do it? And I, I guess my answer is compassion. Like, compassion for understanding that they are where they are. That I can try to remember a time where I was there, where I was like, damn, I really didn't, I was not listening to nobody. What did that feel like? It felt very convincing to, to believe what I believed. And it felt very unbelievable to believe what they believe. So I could start there. I don't need to tell this to them, but just understanding it might take away some of my insanity. Um, letting them know, hey, I love you. I love you. I don't like what you're doing, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. I always love you. I want what's best for you. I don't really always know what that is, ultimately. Um, I can share my feelings and say it, it just hurts me to see you go down a similar road I went down. I, I can't help but feel like you are where I was, or you are heading where I went. That is not a great place to go. I, you know, really hope that you stay open with me. I hope that you stay aware of yourself. I hope that if you go down this road too far, and it does start to look like places I've been, that you choose to get out sooner than I did. Um, these are all things I can say. I mean, nobody can argue with that. They can sit there and say, oh, no, I got it. No, everything's fine, blah, blah, blah. I can, and then I can go back to step one, compassion. Okay, I know what that felt like, too. I said what I had to say. I'm going to leave it there. They heard me. They, they don't agree right now. But trust me, those words will linger. Those words will linger. When he starts going down the road and, oh, oh, shit, this looks like that place my dad was talking about. Ah, damn. He may not run to me right away and be like, oh, yep, totally, you were right. But he may make him take a second look. Maybe he decides that's not where he wants to go, maybe. You know, the thing with addiction, too, is it affects your mood. It affects your decision-making. It affects your self-image. So, like, someone could go down that road and just be like, fuck, I see it coming. I see the shit show beginning. Fuck it. I'm already this far deep. I as well keep going. I don't give a fuck. I'm a piece of shit. Like, you know, this is what happens. This is why it's hard for me to get on board with this type of um, soft guidance, you know. But the but the hammer don't work either. You know, it's hard for me to get on board with this because I know that, you know, an addicted mind is not a clear thinking, rational mind. But still, I have to remember I can't play God. So even though I may not like it, that might be my only option. I can ask questions. I can ask if I can give advice, you know, because unsolicited advice 
is never welcomed. You, you basically, um, you basically like break the ear of the listener anyway. Even if you're saying the most rational, you know, well thought out, totally correct information, you break the ear when you force it, someone to listen to you. You do. Because they're reacting. They're reacting to being told. They're feeling like trash. Their defense mechanisms are kicking in, trying to make them feel like less trash. Their justifications are coming in because their disease is talking in their own voice and it's very convincing. So all you're doing is creating an enemy. But I like how I just broke down how to say what I wish I could say in my best moments. I wish I could say that to my son, you know, but I, I get emotional in the moment. I, I overthink and I, I juggle between what I'm trained to say and what I want to say, just unfiltered and emotionally. And, and then sometimes I also think of what's a clear, compassionate, honest way to say how I'm feeling without, and then just fucking leaving it alone, getting to that place where I'm just stop, just stop. That's where I struggle. So compassion, sharing our, our feelings and where we're at. And then honestly, like just understanding that you can't control them. So what can you control? Okay. I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety, a lot of insanity, a lot of, a lot of discontent, dis-ease from someone's disease. I have to set boundaries. I have to set consequences and stick to them. And, and when I'm doing that, I can't wait till I'm pissed off and to the breaking point where I want to like, where I feel like banging them with a hammer is going to be the solution. Like, all right, I'm kicking you out. That's what you get. If you want to go be a druggie, go out there and be one. You know, that's not going to do anything. But I could say, oh, man, you know, I hate that it's come to this. I really do. And, and laying it out ahead of time, too. Like, if it ever gets here, this is what happens. Um, but sticking to it and, and truly being like, I hate this. I wish that this is not what I felt like I needed to do. I really do. What I want for you is, is different than this. And I understand you're your own person. So I, I can't have this around me or in my home. Um, I can't be friends with someone like this. I can't continue to come to your house because of these reasons. You know, if it's a family member or a friend, I hate that we have to end this friendship. It's been 25 years, you know, and we've had some great times and I love you like a brother, but I, I have to do this. And this is non-negotiable. Like I need to protect my well-being. And, and I'm sorry, I just, I can no longer continue to engage in this relationship for these reasons. And you can ask if they want an explanation or not. You could start off with how you feel. I hate that it has to be this, but this. And if they want to talk, defend, 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 blame, blame, deny, you know, or is me, woe is me, wah, wah, wah. You know, you could be like, do you want to talk about this further? I, I would be happy to explain in, in more detail what it is exactly I, I why I'm making these changes. Um, 
I can tell you more in the detail of ways that it's affected me or, or some of the thoughts that I struggle with experiencing due to keeping contact like this. Is that something you want to talk about? Oh, fuck you, blah, 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 whatever. Right, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, I, I just want you to know that I, I love you. I, I really hope you do well in life. You know, maybe not not in life because that sounds more final, but I just, I hope you're do okay. Um, I hope we can find a way where we can stay in touch um, and see each other where, you know, it won't affect either one of us. And, and just know that if, if things ever change, um, I, I would love for us to reconsider. That's it. Hey, these are the conditions that this has to happen. If anything ever changes, please, I hope you let me know. I, I love you. I will do anything for you. and But I will not contribute to this disease. I refuse. Bam. You know what I mean? Like, easier said than done. Because then you have to stick with it. And just like an addict, and I am an addict, so that's going to be a whole nother thing. But just like an addict, just like an addict, because people who, you know, are codependent, and I don't, I don't even mean codependent in a bad way. Everybody's some level of codependent. So people are codependent on their family members. Like we want things for them. We're affected when they leave. If we had to never see one again, we would feel an effect. Okay. Let's look at it through the lens of addiction. Just, just hear me out. Like, so I, I set this boundary. Let's say it's the most clearest cut, perfectly performed boundary. And they continue to choose to use and, and whatever. This consequence needs to stick, right? What's going to happen to me once I walk away from that? I am going to experience denial, judgments, second guessing. I'm going to rationalize my behavior when it doesn't feel so good because it's not going to feel good. I'm going to experience thoughts in the form of my own voice that list reasons why I'm being too hard on them. I should just bring them back. If I hear or see that they're continuing to struggle or maybe struggling even more now due to having to leave or not having whatever I was providing them that enabled their use or or made it easier for them, right? Once I start seeing that, then I can blame myself for their, their new circumstances that suck. Oh, well, I, I told him he couldn't live here. He went and you know, broke into a car and now he's in jail. It's all my fault. If I wouldn't have kicked him out, he wouldn't be in jail. It's not my fault. But that's the type of stuff we're gonna experience. So we need to be prepared for that. And now's the time to work our own program. And Al-Anon is a fantastic tool if you are the other person. I went, what, six something years ago when my ex relapsed and I was micromanaging her recovery and I was experiencing insanity from her use and, and all the behaviors like, and I went and I was still going to NA for my own shit, but I was like, I need something else for, for what I'm experiencing. And it was Al-Anon. And they have a whole program about what is in my control, what is not in my control. How can I let go? 
What am I doing that's helping? What am I doing that's hurting? And most of it is the most unnatural thing. Like, like there's programs for a reason. They teach you how to live. Like, none of, but we all think we should just do this by like what impulse or or straight intellect, intu- intuition. Like, we we can't always do it like that. Sometimes we need help. There is so much help out there in the world for so many things. There's there's ways to teach you how to talk better, think better, work better, uh, organize better, discipline better, you know, be more compassionate, be more loving. Be, there's so many things. You could be taught how to do anything. But mostly it's going to be how to unlearn, how to do things that are not serving you. And those are the hardest things to do because we've probably been doing them most of our life. So go get you a program that can challenge your thinking. And then when you go there and, and you hear something and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. That's the thing. That's your thing. When you go to a meeting and something that works for so many other people and you could see the freedom that comes along with them. And I don't mean believe every asshole you listen to at a meeting. There are some assholes there that don't know what they're talking about. And you'll be able to spot them real quick. But, um, but I'm talking about the things where people are like, this is one of them things. And you are just like, ugh, I'll, ugh. I don't like that. No, the way I do that's fine. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. But trust me, do some investigating. Try it a couple times and see that you are probably experiencing your own ego, inner resistance to either trying something new or feeling like you're wrong at something or something. Like it's something. It's happened to me numerous times in recovery. Where I'm like, yes, 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 eh, no, 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 no. That doesn't apply to me until it does. Until really it did all along. Maybe it had to get unmanageable enough to apply to me. Or maybe I just really had to get out of my own way, get over myself and be like, okay, yeah, it does apply to me. And there's still things in life that do apply to me that I am being like, nope, that doesn't apply to me. So hopefully I take my own advice here and all the things I think I'm too good for or not phased enough for, hopefully I will start to really be like, all right, I get it. Let me check it out. So if you have anything to add, if you have anything to request, if you want to just tell me that you listen to this, I would appreciate it. Always love it. Love, 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 love hearing from people. Just even if it's enough to be like, hey, bro, don't stop. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that's lovely. So stay sane, stay working on your recovery, do your best. Okay. You owe it to yourself to do your fucking best. Do not sell yourself short. Do not just get to a decent place and stop. Keep going, but accept yourself exactly where you are, okay? Accept yourself now where you are. Love yourself now where you are, and that love will help you get to the next place, and you will continue getting to better next places because you will love yourself enough to deserve it. All right, that's all I got for you today. Messages of hope, baby. The Recovery Pod.